and short track races. Yeah. What's up? Um. Oh, Dalton. Uh, hey, guess what? It's LTC from East Tennessee, your favorite NASCAR podcast that we do weekly. Um, my name is Cody, your host with the most. I'm JKL. I thought Dalton's gonna go next. Uh, can you talk with that electrical tape on your on your on your upper lip? Uh, I'm actually trying to see how long this will last because apparently Ben Bashore thinks uh, this can fall off. So, we'll, we'll did see you put that over your brake duct? Huh? Is that over the brake duct? Uh, maybe five inches to the left, a little bit. Okay. What's good, uh, Jesse? But, but yeah, my name is uh, Dalton Good. Pissed off Kyle Busch fan. Uh, hashtag fire everyone. What's good, Chad? Dalton, um, Dalton, man. <laughs> I was just telling Cody about this earlier. You're calling for their jobs over one fuck up. <laughs> yeah, fire everybody. Have you ever fucked up at work? Like, be honest. Have you ever? Oh yeah, up? lots of times. <laughs> Should they just like cancel your income right then? <laughs> oh, you're on the streets, bro. Uh, that's what, I mean. I'm a t- to be fair, I'm a Tennessee Vols fan. We always call for our coaches' jobs, so I ca- <laughs> that's kind of where I get it from. That's where it comes from. Okay, any, any team right. sport, yeah. Like the moment we're having like a slightly off season, it's immediately like let's get rid of this guy. Um, it's kind of it's kind of like like the the witch trials is uh, Salem I mean, witch trials. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I know. Like, I was guilty of it. I wanted Doug Peterson's head on a platter. I still want Chip <laughs> Kelly's head on a platter, and he's been fired for uh, six years now. So, I mean, I I get it. Uh, uh well, and to be fair, that was I smart think- to have a reminder set for this show because this is going to be a spicy episode. Yeah. And to be fair, I hated Ben Bayshore from the very beginning, so, yeah. What the fuck is he wearong? <laughs> I don't know why wearong is hilarious. <laughs> That's my new favorite word. He's got grill tape on. He wants to see how long it'll last. There we go. Oh, he's doing the show a favor. He's doing the show a favor. Well, boys, guess what? We went, we went racing at... Oh, here we go. <laughs> Honestly, Kyle should just step up and be a leader. I mean, that's, that's Yo, Jacob, I actually agree with you. I what? Agree. That's yeah. not the way that was supposed to go. <laughs> he looks like a <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, today, NASCAR announced. Hold on, let's get these comments in real quick. Hi, Mama Hi, Cody. Debbie. Um, Miss you. So NASCAR announced who's on the ballot for the uh, the Hall of Fame. So I figured this would be a pretty cool way to start the show. Kind of talk about shouting out the people that you know, helped like bring the sport to where it's at today. So I'm going to bring up the list and uh, read through them. Um, actually, maybe I can five-head this. This is going to look really ugly, but I think it'll look better, potentially. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah, I would hate to be a Kansas fan personally, especially in football. <clears throat> um, so here it is. Uh, can I zoom in a little bit? Oh, I can. Oh, oh okay. Okay. Nice touch. So, um, actually, let's start with the Pioneer ballot. So these are probably a lot of names that not many people know. I have heard some of the names, but some of them are completely like beyond my 
my knowledge. Um, but I took the uh, the initiative to look into these guys a little bit, and um, we are going to do an official LTC uh, NASCAR Hall of Fame and pick our own ballot of who we think should go in. Uh, it should be fun. It should be interesting. So let me pull up some of these stats I got on these guys. So first up, we got uh, Herschel. So Herschel, um, this dude is actually like totally badass. So this man is now, so in 2018, he was 90. And we are four years past. So he's like 94. He's still alive. Okay. Oh, shit. He really? ran, he ran his last race in 2018. Okay. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, okay. Are you talking about like actual racing? Like he actually strapped into a car. In the KN West series, he ran his last race in 2018 at the age of 90. Okay. That's bad. So yeah, yeah, that's some like red farmer stuff. Yeah. Um, and also before. <laughs> Before the race, he was a part of the pre-race ceremony. He played the national anthem on a trombone before climbing into a car. Race. I love this man. I yeah. love this man. So, I mean, this dude, he actually... Who is this? Uh-oh. Oopsies. Okay. So, this guy, though... um, He was in the, the Japan... Uh, race the Japanese race that we mm, had in the 90s. Okay. Um, so he finished, uh, he started 26th and finished 25th. And then in 2002, he retired from NASCAR. Um, but he still came back and like he holds, he, he broke, set, and holds the record for the oldest driver in series history. Um, which is pretty freaking cool, in my opinion. Um, and then up next, I'm gonna be honest, it's gonna be hard to top that guy. <laughs> I know, I know, yeah. Um, give me hold on, give me one second. Uh, somebody do some filler because I, I, uh, uh Cody actually, made a real, real, real quick. I actually have a serious question. Do you remember when we did uh NASCAR trivia back in uh Christmas time? I do, yeah. There was this one question where uh, Colton asked it, I can't remember uh, what the question was. Um, I think Whoa. he's. Was it wool? <laughs> Shit. You're never when gonna you let that go, what, aren't you? When you didn't know what fucking wool was. <laughs> oh my god. Yes. That's still funny, man. I don't give a shit what anybody says. Um <laughs> Cody, did you say he was a spotter too? Who? Uh Kirk. Um, yeah, so yeah, we will get to him actually. He's not a spotter. Well, I was I was gonna say I thought he was like the answer to the question that nobody got. Um I can't remember what the question was. I'm going to have to go back to that. But I feel like I've heard that name like most recently in a trivia game that nobody got. Uh, you definitely did hear that name. And I know exactly which question that is. And I will answer it here in a second. So okay. up next, we have uh, Sam Ard. Um, raise your hand if you're familiar with him. I've heard of the name. Not familiar with what he's done. Okay. So he was actually the second and, uh, second and third uh, Bush Series champion. So he mm. won in 83 and 84. Um, so it like historic guy when it comes to the Bush series, uh, what's now known as the Xfinity series. He ran 92 races just over three years. 
Um, he had 22 wins, 79 top tens, and 24 poles in that time. So a very dominant guy in the uh, the Bush series in the early 80s at its inception. Um, oh, we're we're hold on, I'm falling behind in comments. Somebody, somebody, fill I, up. I, I got you. I got you. I got okay, you. Cool. AJ Foyt, we all know him. So next, we're going to go to old Banjo Matthews. Um, what a badass name. What a name. <laughs> yeah. So actually, there's a story on the nickname. Give me one second. I'll pull that up. Like I said, these are most guys that people just don't even know. So I just wanted to spotlight them a little bit. Um, NASCAR owner Bud Moore said when Banjo first came around, he wore a pair of glasses that were so thick. It made everyone on first impression think of a banjo. I don't know who thought of it first, but we started calling him Banjo Eyes, and it stuck from there. <laughs> first off, like, <laughs> we bullied the shit out of him, and, and the like, team just stuck. This guy got drugged through concrete. <laughs> That's a cool nickname. <laughs> um, so with uh, Banjo... He was a car owner for several of the biggest names in NASCAR in the 60s and 70s, including Fireball, AJ, Junior Johnson, Donnie Allison, and Kale. Um, his career as a team owner began at the 1957 Southern 500 and ended in the 1974 Southeastern 500. His drivers won nine races, had 14 pole positions, and 160 races. He was also the co-crew chief for Jack Ingram, along with Junior Johnson. Um yeah, so what Junior just said right here, um, he was known for having constructed many cars in NASCAR. 72% of the winning cars in NASCAR's top division from 74 to 85 were his. Shit. So, yeah, so wow. like those winning cars were coming through, and he actually had a nickname of the Henry Ford of race cars, which is really cool. Um, I love him. So, I definitely like you can't look over that guy. Um, I'll be familiar. He was one of the names that I did not know until I looked into him, and I'm glad I did. Um, up next, we have the obvious, who I think will probably you know get the nod here, and that's going to be AJ Foyt. Um, it's hard to argue the success that the man has had, so I'm going to read off some of his uh, his career uh, shining moments. So he won the USAC series championship in 1960 he won the usac champ car in 60 61 63 64 67 75 and 79 he won the usac stock car championship in 68 78 and 79 we're talking a decade apart between those championships um usac silver crown series in 1972 and he won the iraq championship in 75 76 and then 76 77 um, the way they ran their season across years. Uh, he is the only driver to win the Indianapolis 500 four times, the Daytona 500, the 24 hours of Daytona, the 24 hour of Le Mans, and the 12 hours of Sebring. So that's a pretty, wow. yeah, talk about an endurance guy too. Not only was he fast, but he's fast for a long time. That man's a racer, bro. He's named one of NASCAR's 50 greatest drivers. He was inducted in the first class of the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame. He's inducted into the first class of the Motorsports Hall of Fame of America. And he was inducted in the National Midget Auto Racing Hall of Fame in 1988. Um, I mean, talk about just a hell of a racing career in general. And obviously, um, while AJ wasn't like, you know, a, a Richard Petty by any means in NASCAR, think about all the drivers that he helped and inspired. Uh, definitely pioneered our sport, so you cannot look over him. Um, last but not least is going to be Ralph Moody. Is anybody familiar with Holman Moody? Yes. Okay, so that's that's half his name there. Um, 
So just big time car builder in NASCAR, um, built race engines and everything. He did a lot of R and D for the cars back in that era. So another guy that definitely deserves some notoriety. Um, the race team was built virtually all of the, the race team built virtually all of the factory Ford racing vehicles in the fifties, sixties, and seventies. It owned race cars that competed in NASCAR drag racing, ocean boat racing, rallies and then just standard sports car racing he won the nascar championship in 1968 and 69 with none other than jacob you should know this one Pearson. Uh, absolutely and he also won the 1967 daytona 500 with mario andretti in the cockpit hmm. yep so pretty big uh pretty big group of guys here so dalton uh based on the accolades that i just named who do you think out of this group right here is the most – they're all deserving. Can't yeah. stress this enough. They're all deserving. But who are you voting for to go in this year? So I only uh, I only vote one, correct? Mm-hmm. Just one? <coughs> Whew, um, I really like the story of um, Banjo Matthews, and I really like the name too. Um, I actually want to go with uh, A.J. Voigt. Um AJ Foyt is just, you know, my kind of driver. You know, this is wants to race everywhere. Um, I remember uh, his Indy 500 stories. Uh, he did really great in IndyCar. Um, I don't really know too much about AJ, but I just know that he just loved to race. And, you know, those are the kind of drivers that I like. Um, he was also Tony Stewart's hero. Uh, Tony Stewart grew up a diehard AJ Foyt fan. Um, I, th- I think that's really it. Yeah, I, give me uh, AJ Foyt for my vote respect um jacob man there's two guys i'm looking at right you now. feel like an asshole either do, way right man. Like, yeah. like, like you said they're all so deserving i mean but the biggest thing i'm looking at is that big yellow banner where it says pioneer and like what does pioneer mean that means you know you, that means you had to work your way up. And I'm gonna I'd give like, the I'm gonna give the proper definition of a pioneer. Yeah, let's let's let's, let's hear with the proper definition. The web I can learn to spell. I feel like the pioneer is like when NASCAR like first began. You know, p- people mostly people that like built the sport. Oh, my Google's not working, so that's cool. Okay, uh, let me let me try. Let me try. Let me try. Pioneer. I'm pioneer. trying, and literally just nothing's happening. Uh, pioneer definition. What is the proper definition? A person who is among the first to explore or settle a new country or area. NASCAR being that area. What's good? What's good? My aunt, um, trendsetter. Yes, that's a good one there, Jesse. Um, I think banjo. I really do. Give it to banjo. I, I think banjo, man, because like that stat where he built like. 70 some percent of race winning cars and he was a driver that's yeah. a pioneer like that's the definition i mean a close second would be probably ralph moody for me a uh, herschel's i mean very deserving if he's racing in, in his 90s uh but for me i gotta go with banjo okay so i don't hate anybody's picks so far so going when i first saw this <laughs> this list immediately i was like aj floyd how else do you like put anybody else in as a pioneer? Right. Um, I love the story of Herschel. I mean, totally badass that this man is 94 years old. My thing with Hall of Fames is 
when somebody is still living, they deserve that recognition, right? Like you really want somebody who is still living to like, you know, see how much they're appreciated. Think about, you know, Red Farmer, the way yeah. that we, we inducted him. So stoked, so happy to be there. Um, and you know, he got to be inducted into the Hall of Fame while he was still here. Too many guys, you know, pass away before they're able to go in. So, you know, in the back of my mind, I want to, I want to induct somebody who's still alive. Um, and as far as that list goes, it's just two guys. It's Herschel and AJ. Um, AJ's going in at some point, right? And let's be honest, AJ's probably going in here. But I'm going to side with you, Jacob. I think Banjo's the guy who needs to go in. Dude, I mean, he's the pi- like pioneer ballot. That man's the pioneer. I agree with you. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, I, I don't think you can go wrong putting any of these guys in, right? I mean, there's no. just, there's no arguing it or debating it. Um. Now, here's where it gets fun. These are guys that we grew up with. Well, not necessarily we grew up with, but Most they're, they're close to our heart, right? <laughs> um, we should know them all for the most part. And if you don't know them, allow me, Cody. I don't hate that. I don't hate that at all. Like, just throw them all in there. But that takes away from, like, the sacredness of a Hall of Fame, right? Yeah, they'll all be in eventually. But I'm a big believer in, like, let's celebrate people while they're still here to be celebrated, right? You shouldn't wait till somebody dies to throw them a party. Yeah. Um, so... I love the Ricky Rudd love. Always will. That's um, Cody's boy. The rooster. The rooster. Man taped his eyeballs open so he could race. Like, it doesn't get much more badass than that. So let's start. Um, let's kind of work it up. So I'll go through like the guys who are like a little less known. Um, I feel like, honestly, the, one of the ones that's like the most less known but shouldn't be is Kirk. So raise your hand if you know who Kirk is. First time I've ever heard of his name. You you need to answer my question about uh, what I asked I earlier. I will. Oh, okay. I agree with that. I think we could definitely throw all the pioneers in at a time. I mean, like, let's get a whole pioneer, like, room in the NASCAR Hall of Fame. That building is absolutely beautiful. Wait a minute. Let's... Didn't they didn't they change it to three? There's another category, too, now. Oh, and, okay. And, like, in that one, it's Janet Guthrie... Uh, Mike Helton's up for it. Um, I forget like the other names that were in there. We love Handsome Harry. Um, so Kirk, bandit, baby. Kirk is Dale Earnhardt Sr.'s crew chief in the first decade that he's at RCR. Hmm. Um, I did so, not know that. Yeah, and so he retired from being crew chief so he could chase his own dream of being a driver. That's where that question was, Dalton. He was a driver. He became a driver after the fact. Okay. And he didn't have much success. Um, but he was Dell's crew chief from ninety from eighty two to ninety two. Uh, he retired to pr- pursue his own dream of being a driver. He was the youngest champion crew chief in NASCAR history at the time, and he's a four time Winston Cup champion, all with Dell Senior. 86, 87, 90, and ninety one. Yep, there yeah. it is. Yeah. Shout out to yeah. Um, so obviously a deserving guy right off the bat. Um, now let's move up to Larry Phillips. So Larry Phillips, raise your hand if you've heard of him before. I feel like I've heard the name. Yeah. So it's pretty popular name just due to the fact of like how, um, 
how notorious he is. So he's the only five-time NASCAR Weekly Series champion. Uh, during an 11-year span from his first title in 89 through 1996, uh, it was the he was from Springfield, Missouri. He won 220 out of 289 NASCAR sanctioned starts. Hmm. 220 out of 289. Wow. So that that winning percentage there is 76%. He won 76% of the races he was in, which meant if you were on the same grid as him, you only had a 25% chance of beating him. Um, <laughs> he also won 13 track championships in three different states. Um, fun fact, in his, uh, his span of winning those titles, he beat a very popular driver in 1995, and that driver was the Biff. He beat Greg Biffle for that, that championship there in uh, that weekly series. Um, he only retired from racing due to the fact that he was diagnosed with lung cancer in 98, and he was worried that that would actually um, hinder his performance. It wasn't that he couldn't drive anymore. He just thought that he wouldn't be able to be at his best. So he decided to step away, and he passed away in 2004. Oh, man. Um, up next, we'll go with Tim Brewer. Raise your hand if you know Tim Brewer. All of us kids should know him. Come I, on, guys. I don't, I don't know who. Oh, my God. So I feel like I've heard the name, but. You'll, you're both going to kick yourself in the asses when I tell you. So, oh, no. first and foremost, he's wait, a wait, two-time. Wait, wait. That's exactly it. Dalton, you probably don't get that. But Ed Jacob probably doesn't either. But dominant guy here. Um, so, Tim Brewer is a two-time championship crew chief. <laughs> For Junior Johnson's racing team in 78 and 81. Okay, why? No, listen. Mom knows Brewer. Okay. So, he was the crew chief for Kelly Arborough in 78 and Daryl Waltrip in 81. And also, if y'all remember when we were kids on ESPN, do you remember that crew chief who would cut the car away and show Oh, us my God! Cars? That's Tim Brewer. Son that is bitch. Tim Brewer. Well, yeah, I, yeah. I feel you like all is. should be disappointed in yourself. I, I, I am. I, I mean, I'm. I'm disappointed in myself usually, Cody. But I mean, yeah. Yeah, that should that should make it a little more painful. Um, up next we got Harry Hyde. Raise your hand if you know Harry Hyde. Oh, I know who Harry Hyde is. Yeah. I would hope. So yeah. basically, Harry Hyde is the reason for Days of Thunder. Yeah. Um, that movie is a biography of his life, pretty much. Um. You had the uh, the rich little car salesman Rick Hendrick come in, bring in a crew chief, and uh, start racing. Falls apart a little bit. Then Rick says, "You know what? I'm just going to keep you, and we're going to do our own team." Um, so he was the crew chief for Bobby Isaacs. Well, he was he's a championship crew chief. Yeah. So it was with Bobby Isaac in 1970. Oh, um, and then he also became Tim Richmond's crew chief until his death. Um, I didn't know that he was Bobby Isaac's crew chief. Yep. Um, God, <laughs> that's, that's a that's a, that's blasphemy. Well, here's that what was the worst take that has ever been said on this fucking podcast. I think that's the first ever BFT that Debbie's ever received on this show. <laughs> I had to. I had well, here's to. a better here's a better take. Here's a better take. 
He, if it's not for Harry Hyde, Hendrick is not the team that we see today. There we go. Um, so definitely uh, props to him. I'm being selfish with this. I'm kind of going in order on like my personal uh, taste here. Um, good take. Good take. Jeff Burton. Um, everybody should know Jeff Burton, commentator on NBC. Uh, he's the father of Harrison Burton, for those who may not know. Um, Congratulations, Debbie. He had a 22-year cup career. He had 695 cup starts, 21 wins, 134 top fives, and 254 top tens in his career. In the Xfinity Series, which was then the Bush Series, he had 306 starts with 27 wins, 90 top fives, 153 top tens. Um, I mean, Jeff Burton, we we all know his career. Um, obviously, it's illustrious and it was long-lasting. I personally do not think that he is um, a Hall of Fame-worthy driver. No. Why do we hate Harry Hodd? That's that's BFT. That's that's big BFT. That's a that's a BBFT. That's big bad fucking. Yeah. <laughs> that's no. Yeah, I I don't need exactly I, exactly. I don't, get, I don't get Jeff Burton at all. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like at some point, like Jeff should be inducted, I think, but not now, not now. Oh hell no. Mm-mm. You got to take one away. You got to pick a pioneer and two modern eras. We don't get three, sadly. Um. So yeah, Jeff. Shout out Jeff, though. I mean, he's good at what he does. Um. Let's go with Harry Gant, handsome Harry, Mister September himself, uh, the Bandit. How many nicknames does Harry Gant have? Uh, no, Hyde is not the Jeff Burton. What is that? What does that even mean? That is disrespectful. Wait, what? Oh, pain. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Shit. Hey, okay, that's a better question, yes. Right, like yeah, so I think that this is his first year of eligibility. Or, well, I mean, I guess it can't be, but this might be the first year he's on the ballot. I, I don't really think that he should be on the ballot, but I'm not a professional race uh, analyst. So Harry Gant, Handsome Harry, Mr. September, the Bandit, what do you want to call him? Skull 474 bandit. cup starts, 18 wins, 123 top fives, 208 top tens, 128 Xfinity starts, 21 wins, 52 top fives, 71 top tens. Love that You're... comment, Junior, by the way. Harry Gant was in Cannonball 2 for a brief bit. <laughs> he was. Um, So he holds the record uh, of the oldest driver to ever win in a Cup Series race. And he also holds the record for the oldest driver to ever win his first Cup race. So he was 52 when he set the record for the oldest driver to ever win. And he was 42 when he when he finally earned his first win. So we're talking about you know Harry Gant. When we think of... I'm out. I'm out on that. <laughs> um. When we think about Harry Gant, you think like in the back of your mind, this guy ran forever, right? No, Harry Gant. I mean, he ran for a while, sure, but he did not like come into his prime until well into his career. Um, with only 474 cup starts, that's not a long time when you look at the numbers of some other guys. Um, but the reason why he got the nickname Mr. September, does anybody know? 
No. I don't actually. Okay, so in 1991, he won four races in a row in the month of September. He won every race in the month of September. And the first week of October, he actually came in second place. So he <laughs> almost went five in a row. Um, as four races, four wins in a row is impeccable. And that that in itself, in my opinion, is Hall of Fame worthy. Just that that crazy stat. Um, so yeah, that's it for Mr. Uh, Mr. Gant. Um, next, let's go with uh, the rooster, Ricky Rudd. Um, so from 1983 to 1998, he won at least one time in the Cup Series. So that's a pretty long stretch to, to have at least one win. Um, Ricky was never one of those guys who was up front dominating like consistently, but he was pretty consistent in the middle part of his career. Um, you know, there's a lot of drama when it comes to Ricky Rudd. Uh, he was the original driver of the three car when when Richard Childress got all of his you know his ducks in a line and that team was getting ready to take off. Ricky Rudd was bragging to Dale, don't we all? Um, no, <laughs> no. When when that team was getting ready to take off and they secured money, sponsorship, funding. He was bragging to Dell about how that next season was going to be incredible. 1982 was going to be the year. Well, he didn't know when he was bragging to Dell that Dell had already stolen the rod from him. Yeah, so, that caused a big. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, they hated each other for a long time. Yeah. Um, but so in 906 Cup starts, Ricky had 23 wins, 194 top fives, 374 top tens. He only <laughs> ran three. No. He only ran three Xfinity races. Why are we hating on Ricky Rudd so bad? Don't ask me. Ask Jesse. I'm getting red in the face now with the Rudd hate. Um, so he only ran three Bush Series races his entire life. And in that, in those three races, he had one win, one top five, and one top ten. So he literally won a third of his Xfinity starts, for what that's worth. Yeah, shout out Ricky Rudd. Okay, I don't know why we're hating on him. Uh, who am I missing now? All right, let's go up to a champion, Matt Kenseth. So NASCAR ruled that he was eligible, although he did run in 2020. Um, but they said that that was like just crazy circumstances. It's not like he came out of retirement and was like, you know, competing for a championship by any means. They just they said, like, let's still honor it as if he retired, you know, when he did. Um, fun fact, he beat Dell Jr. for the Rookie of the Year in 2000. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, he won the Coke 600 that year. Uh, in his rookie year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he was the 2003 Cup champion, and I put in, a, in my own parentheses, literally ruined NASCAR. Single-handedly, Matt Kenseth was the downfall of NASCAR. Um, Icky, uh, that's what I called him. Icky, uh, <laughs> that's cute. So a lot of people burp and burden. Wow. <laughs> what? what the fuck? So Matt Kenseth, in my opinion, was a leading contributor to running NASCAR. Does anybody agree? I'm sorry. What did you just say? Did you just say that he was a leading contributor to ruining NASCAR? Yes. Like 100% serious. 1 million percent. 
because it was Matt Kenseth winning that championship with only one win on the year that made NASCAR look into changing the playoff format. I don't think Matt deserves to be up here. That's just my personal opinion. Well, let's get through his career stats. 687 starts, 39 wins, 182 top fives, 331 top tens. 288 Xfinity starts, 29 wins, 139 top fives, 202 top tens. Yeah, I'm not saying he don't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame eventually, but I think he's just too early. It's too early. So you don't think he's not a first ballot guy? No, 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 no. Okay. Dalton, where you at? On Matt Kinsis? Yeah, yeah, I got to agree with Jacob. Uh, Way too early. Um. Yeah, too early. All right, let's pause on the comments for a little while. Um, not the people commenting, but nobody's paying attention to me, and I'm getting jealous. <laughs> Sorry, cousin Carl. Oh boy, we, we all love Carl. I think everybody loves Carl. Yeah, I I got a couple stories about Carl Evans real quick. Uh, so. I don't know if I ever told you this, but I about hit his uh, rental car uh, leaving Bristol one race. Cousin Carl? I swear to God. Um, How do you know one, it was his? Because I saw him. Oh. So, <laughs> I saw the fear in his eyes. He was inching closer. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, so um, I've had a couple of run-ins with Carl. So the first one was in uh, 2008 for the spring race in Bristol. Um, so we're in race traffic, and uh, – you know where the drivers leave, of course, like when they're going back to the airport after the race is over. Uh, Carl's in his rental car with his uh, wife or his girlfriend or whatever. And uh, my mom and my aunt see him like from, you know, the driver window, you know, coming through. And for some reason, I just opened the door. I don't know why. And I almost hit his rental car. And then I shut the door after mom was screaming at me. And he goes like, and just drives off. And then uh, the second time I ran into him was uh, the 2014 Richmond uh, fall race. So that was the first time I ever got sweets. Uh, thanks to uh, Federated Auto Parts, I got to send the, that suite for the for that race that night. And uh, we were getting ready to go down to the uh, pits uh, before the race started because we had hot passes. And uh, we get on the elevator, and all of a sudden, Carl Edwards is inside there. So I end up sharing the elevator with Carl Edwards. And, uh, yeah. Did you talk to him? So, um, everybody, once the elevator closed, like everybody was just staring at him. And, uh, my aunt was, uh, in there with the, in the elevator with me and I was in my Kyle Busch shirt, of course. And so, um, she covers my shirt and says, Hey Carl, I'm really sorry that I, I tried to convince him. But, um, so Chubby was trying to embarrass me a little bit, but, uh, I told Carl, good luck to you today. And uh, I shook his hand and he just, uh, he just walked off. So good guy. So, sorry, I, I had to get that out there. I just, I just can't believe I almost hit his rental car at Bristol one year. That I'll never forget that. I wish I would have after the night race later that year. Kyle asked for it, bro. Yeah, he asked for it. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> so, Carl Edwards came in second place in cup points twice. Uh, trivia time, what years was that? 2000 and... Fuck me. Uh, 2000 and fuck me. 2011. Was that, was that what that was? 2011 and wasn't it 2000 and I want to say eight, nine, 2008. Yep. Yep. 
so the infamous battle between him and Jimmy in 08 and the infamous battle between him and Tony Stewart, which ended in a tiebreaker because Tony Stewart did not exist until the chase. Mm -hmm. uh, he secured all five of his wins in the, the last 10 races of the season. Um, pain and suffering was what it was like to be a Carl Edwards fan growing up. He was, however, the 2007 uh, Nationwide Series champion. Yes. Um, in 445 cup starts, Carl Edwards was able to achieve 28 wins, 124 top fives, and 220 top tens. Almost 50% of his races, he was at least in the top 10. Um, and there were some dark days during the, the, the later end of his Roush run. Um, 245 Xfinity starts, 38 wins, 130 top fives, and 174 top tens. If you grew up watching NASCAR in the mid 2000s and like late 20 or early 2010s, you know that Carl Edwards and uh, Kyle Busch ran that series. It was going to be one of them that won every single week. It was just which one was it going to be? Right. Um, great times. Does Carl Edwards deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, though? As much as it hurts me to say, not too early, man. Too early. Um, I just wish he would come back and run a couple more seasons, just put up more stats. Um, I think he definitely does deserve to be in uh, the Hall of Fame later on. But yeah, like Jacob says, just just like Matt Kenza, way too early. Um, so I actually really appreciate what Junior said today on Twitter. He ain't, he ain't gonna kill my boy. Um, <laughs> the Brad, the Brad and Carl. It, so we have to take in a lot into consideration what what like is the criteria for being in the Hall of Fame, right? And if we're talking like do rivalries put you in the Hall of Fame, because the Brad and Carl rivalry was incredible. Absolutely incredible. Like I remember like the way that they promoted, they even had the big banner of like Carl versus Brad. They hung that up at Bristol Motor Speedway. And like nothing ever happened. But they they marketed and built the hell out of that rivalry, and I mean it got dangerous. Uh, that wreck at was it? It wasn't Gateway, was it? Uh, uh, well, yeah, yeah, the Nationwide Series. Yeah, where Brad like just got absolutely demolished by like six cars coming to the checkers. Oh yeah. Um, the Brad flip. Um, Atlanta. The, the Carl flip, um, which was Phoenix Racing's first win. Um, in a long time, and we'll actually get to Phoenix Racing here in a Shout second. Shout out to Phoenix Racing. I miss Phoenix Racing, especially when Kurt Busch ran for him. Shout out Phoenix Racing. That was it, that was really like a souped-up JRM car. Eh. A lot of people don't pay attention to that, but that was virtually a JRM car. Um, Unpopular opinion. I, I, I'm sorry to be on topic, but that plain red uh, number 51 car with the little eagle on the hood... I don't know why, but that was one of my favorite Kurt Busch paint schemes. Again, I know it sounds weird. I don't know why, but I just, I just like it for some reason. I'll, well, let's stay with the off-topic before I get to the last guy. Um, is Kurt Busch a first ballot Hall of Famer? Not yet. I disagree fully. Why? Um, he's ran for every fucking team in NASCAR. That's got to earn something, right? Uh. No. He is a cup. He is a cup champion too. Uh, Daytona 500 champion as well. Um, I feel like he's done more. Um, where's that at? Well, he threatened to beat Bob Pockers's ass. <laughs> I mean, that's, 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 that's my that's my reason. Uh, I think his attitude is gonna gonna. You know, he's like he's on lifelong probation with NASCAR. So, yeah, yeah. 
I mean, I think I, got, I think that Kurt Busch deserves uh, Hall of Fame. He got away with domestic violence too. <laughs> well, I don't know that he got away with it. That's no, why he's no. on. That's why he's on permanent probation from no. NASCAR. Well, no, I'm just kidding. It, it turns out his uh, ex-girlfriend ended up being a fraud. She wasn't she a a, a, a Russian spy? <laughs> like, that's just, but no, what happened was is that um, she's so, a paid assassin. That was it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and also she is the CEO of her uh, Armed Forces Foundation. After the whole uh, domestic violence case, uh, she stole money out of that own foundation, out of her own foundation, to pay for her lawyers, and that's why she was arrested for a fraud. That's interesting. Yeah, you didn't know that. I did not. Um, if Mark Martin is in the Hall of Fame, then Denny deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, I feel like that is an inarguable statement bush did don baby or big bush dominated before baby bush came in for sure um last but not least neil bonnet um this was the guy that i probably have the most information on um and i i feel like neil might have like a decent case so he's a member a founding member of the alabama gang which all of those guys are in now um, he was Dale Earnhardt's best friend. So in 352 cup starts, he had 18 wins, 83 top fives and 156 top tens. Um, 13 Xfinity starts, one win, six top five, seven top tens. Uh, in 1990, he had a really bad accident at Darlington and he nearly died. Um, him and Sterling Marlin got into it. He suffered uh, some severe injuries from that and amnesia that lasted him a couple of weeks following that crash in 1990. Uh, So after that season, he decided to retire and he went into the broadcast booth for a while. So he was at the broadcast booth for a couple years and then Dale talked him back into get it talked him into getting back in the car. And what what Neil was doing was actually testing for RCR and Dale Earnhardt in the early 90s. Um, He did really well with it. So Dale being Dell got him a couple of rods with RCR in 93. So in his first race back, he was in another horrible crash. And after the wreck was done, he went to the infill care center and ended up in the broadcast booth called the rest of the race after being like taken out in a pretty rough crash. <laughs> um, wow. So in the final race of the season at Atlanta in 93, he was a start and park for RCR. So the way it worked was Dale could clinch the championship if eight cars DNF'd. That's back in the 90s, that was going to happen, right? But to ensure it, Neil Bonnet was a start and park. Um, they claimed that the engine uh, failed on them. Do we know? I, eh, you know, but ironically, eight cars DNF'd that day. And one of those really? was Neil Bonnet. Um, so Neil Bonnet secured a sponsorship and a ride for a couple of races throughout the 1994 season. Super excited to be back in the car and have an opportunity to compete for wins. But during practice for the 1994 Daytona 500, Bonnet fatally crashed in practice. A shock mount broke on his car. He lost control. Uh, that was on February 11th on February 14th, Rodney Orr would suffer like an identical situation crashed in practice and died 
Um, that was three big blows to NASCAR literally right before. Um, what did what didn't blow? I think that that part you were talking about that Regnal Bonnet's car, maybe the shock mount. Yeah, I think I think talking about the engine. I think he's talking about the engine. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so actually, following the Bonnet and Rodney Orr crash, that's what caused Hoosier to uh, withdraw from the the tire war. Um, now was it a tire issue with both of them? I don't know. I just read what people like what his like the article said about what caused the accidents, but I find it ironic that Hoosier would pull out following that. Yeah. Um, but Bonnet was only forty-seven when he passed away. So, is Neil Bonnet a Hall of Famer? Yes. Not my pick though, for this ballot. Dalton. I want to say no, not at all. I, what? I'm sorry, but I just don't think he did enough, in my opinion, to be into the Hall of Fame. That's like, I don't think he won that many races. I don't really know anything else he might have done to deserve to be in this uh, ballot. Um, to, to me, I just don't think it's enough. I'm going to say what I told Cody on the phone. Oh, shit. And this is getting ready to make you feel like absolute shit. But I think if you die racing a car in NASCAR, that you should be automatically thrown into the Hall of Fame. That's so fucked up, bro. <laughs> How's that fucked? That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that. I'm, who uh, can argue, argue with that? <laughs> Damn. Argue with that. You can't. <laughs> you can't argue Everybody, with that. Everybody's going to go kill themselves now just to get inducted to the freaking Hall of Fame. No, that, you know, I mean, there's got to be certain limitations, but like Adam Petty, uh, uh, Davy Allison's already, uh, like, already in. Like, Adam Petty, uh, let's think about it. Adam, Cody, did Adam Petty even reach the peak of his career? God, no. He was only 19. Dude, he was just getting started. Yeah, yeah. Adam Petty would have been a champion, but no matter what, he dedicated his life to racing and died doing it. So, should Adam Petty be in the Hall of Fame eventually? No, I, I still don't think so. I'm sorry. What? I I, I, think I agree you, with I agree with Dalton. I really don't agree with you all on this. I think that if you die like in racing a car in NASCAR. There should be a category that you go in immediately in the Hall of Fame. You should be, you should be like, you should have a memorial. Like, you should literally have a memorial. So then let's have, let's have like a memorial wall for drivers who have passed away. Yeah. Actively. Yeah, that's oh, fine. Yeah. As long as it's on the, in the Hall of Fame. Oh, Jesse getting attacked. Um, Kenny Irwin. Kenny Irwin was it, like, he had an incredibly bright future. Uh, Tony Roper had a bright future. Um, I just don't think that they necessarily did enough before tragedy to like warrant a place in the actual hall. Um, I am totally fine with NASCAR having a memorial wall for guys. Um, Davey had an incredible career before the helicopter crash, though. Right. Davey already had a Hall of Fame career, in my opinion. Yeah, that's what I was saying. He's already in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's, he's um, already he's already in, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, me and Chad are on the same boat here. I think that having a memorial wall somewhere in the NASCAR, yeah, exactly, like that, something like that, that would be an incredible way to honor those guys. I don't think that um, losing your life in the sport should like be. It, this sounds terrible. I sound like a horrible person, but I don't think that that should necessarily punch your ticket because in the fifties, in yeah, sixties, exactly what I'm saying, yeah, like I mean, there, we just lost a lot of guys, um, like a lot of people who like maybe shouldn't have even have been out there. Right. Um, I mean, I know those cars were literal death traps back then. Um, Alan Kowicki championship, uh, had a championship, like first owner driver champion. It's incredible. Um, I didn't even get a chance to repeat it the next year. I, and honestly, I don't think he would have, um, like you, if you look at Kowicki's numbers, they weren't great. They really weren't. He only had five wins in his entire career. And three of those came in his championship year. But what he did for the sport as a whole, I, I mean, he shifted so much. Ricky Rudd became an owner driver afterwards. Uh, Bill Elliott became an owner driver afterwards. And they did not have anywhere near the success that that Kawicki had. Um, he was definitely like Kawicki could have been in the pioneer ballot um, when he was inducted and, you know, would have deserved that just the same. So I don't think that Neil Bonnet necessarily deserves to be in the Hall of Fame this year. Um, if I'm voting two guys in this year, I am going to go with Kirk and Ricky Rudd. I knew you were going to say Ricky. I, I yeah, know. I mean, you just his longevity, like such a long career. Um, obviously, like I said, you know, he ran 906 races and only had, I think it was 28 wins. Um, that's not a very dominant career, but the dude literally taped his eyeballs open. And he like that, that right there, I think is like criteria, just like guys who are willing to go above and beyond for the sport. Um, and oh, Ricky Rudd, uh, like I said a second ago, was also an owner driver, right? So, I mean, like it's all that stuff, like building into like his career. I think he's like definitely deserving. Um, I do like what Dell Jr. tweeted though earlier about Carl Edwards. Um, Junior said that he would not put Carl Edwards in the Hall of Fame this year because he foresees Carl Edwards having a successful comeback. I mean, and that's did, all he tweeted. I don't know what that means. Well, but Carl Edwards, Carl Edwards did say that the Gen Seven was interesting to him, but he he still won't come back. But he really likes Gen Seven right now. Um, I mean, never. I know that eventually all champions deserve a place in the Hall of Fame. Matt Kenseth is not a first ballot Hall of Famer. God. I don't know why we're still hating on Ricky Rudd. But guess what, boys? We went racing this weekend at Richmond. Oh, me, fuck. Me, I was, was going to give my two real quick. Yeah, yeah, oh, wait, yeah. oh, wait. Nobody else did? Nobody else no. did? <laughs> yeah, um, Cody, fuck you. Sorry. Uh, Dalton, go ahead. Cody will try. Yep. In a second, uh, I actually agree with Chad. I I still don't see it yet. I I want him to, but I don't think he wants to. Uh, all right, so I did two here, correct? Yep. All right. I don't know how the hell Harry Gant isn't in there already, so I have to pick him. <laughs> um, and Harry's still living, by the way. Yeah. You know, I actually could have swore he was. Uh, he's been dead for a while, but nope. He's still a rancher. He is eighty-four years old. 84, wow. He still he still uh roofs in his free time and everything. There you go. 
Uh, so, yeah, like I said, I don't know how the, he hadn't been inducted into the Hall of Fame yet, but uh, I think this is the year he finally gets in, hopefully. Um, and by the way, the Skull Bandit is uh, the best nickname that he has out of all of them. Now, uh, for the second one. Now, hold on. Not to correct you, the car was the Skull Bandit. Harry was just the oh. Bandit. Oh, okay. I get I get it. Um, and for the second guy, I want to do Harry Hyde. Oh, hurry, hot. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, like Jacob said in the uh, Tim Richard episode that y'all did, um, didn't they like base the whole Days of Thunder movie off of Harry Hyde, or was it just Tim Richmond? No, it was Harry Hyde. Oh, it was Harry Hyde. Okay, I thought it was Tim Richmond, but yeah. Um, Jacob, enlighten me on the name of the crew chief in Days of Thunder. Harry Hogg. You see any similarities there? <laughs> yeah. Only um. I got to agree with you, Dalton. That's my two as well. I got to say Harry Gant and Harry Hyde, the double Harrys. Uh, it's getting Harry up in here, man. Both of those guys <laughs> deserve to be in. Harry Hyde, I mean, how can you go wrong with Harry Hyde? There's Harry Gant. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I mean, how can you go wrong with Harry Hyde? I mean, he's literally the pinnacle of pop culture for NASCAR. You talk about NASCAR, Days of Thunder is in the conversation. I don't care what it is. So, I would say those two guys for sure. Hey, before we move on to Richmond, speaking of Harry Gant, do you guys remember the uh, Legends race that Bristol Motor Speedway held for the spring every single year back in the early 2010s? Mm-hmm. I wish they'd bring that back. It was so nice to see my favorite driver, Terry Labonte, along with uh, Harry Gant and uh, Sterling Marlin and Rusty Wallace uh, run one last time in front of everybody. What would they run? Uh, I guess they're old cars like they did back in the back. Who in the would era. you want to see now? Because like, there's no way like Harry's getting back in a car now. Uh, right? yeah, 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 yeah. I understand that. I understand. What that. would be what would be like your dream like five guys? Well, Bobby Labonte would be a good one. Well, I mean, I guess we pretty much got it already with the SRX. Um, so I mean, we already have you know Bobby Labonte, Bill Elliott. Um. I guess it won't be too long before uh, Jeff Gordon or um, Jimmy Johnson or Tony Stewart, maybe Carl uh, Edwards too. I'd like to see Casey Atwood back in the car. I know oh, that's a man. right. That's a, that is a name I have. Let's get Casey Mears too. Casey Mears. Yeah, get some of those guys back. Oh, Juan Pablo Montoya, Marcus Ambrose, no. David Rudiman. <laughs> Rudiman? Oh. Talk about a guy that just disappeared. Shout out to Aaron's Dream Machine, man. Shout out him racing the 44 car for a season. Shout out uh, Larry Mack calling his ass out in Martinsville 2012. Because <laughs> <laughs> if we're stopping on the track. Okay, yeah, now you can do your segue. Okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. We win Xfinity Series racing at Richmond. I'm still here in Richmond, by the way. Um, supposed to be having some driver interviews, but the track is empty. Um, but they say they're coming back. Don't ask me why it's daylight here. It's it's Virginia and it's a weird state. <laughs> How long you been waiting there, Cody? Uh, since Sunday, yesterday. Um, I walked right in after security left, and also after all the drivers left too. So you just been chilling, chilling I, victory lane. I have been cheer, chilling, chilling like a villain. Um, Xfinity racing. Uh. It was a good race. Um, 
was it the best race of the year in the Xfinity series? No, I think everybody agrees there. Um, let's talk about Ryan Sieg. Uh, he was my pick to win. Uh, and it, it wasn't a bad pick after all. He stayed in the top 10 all day, worked his way up. He ran in the top five for a bit. And I think he ended up finishing sixth. Ryan Sieg is building together a pretty good season so far. I mean, to be honest with you, when you said it, I was like, I don't think he's going to do worth a damn. But, uh, man, I mean, ran a hell of a race. Building. Building yeah, and building. Yeah. Definitely got a win in the future. A hundred percent got a win in the future if he keeps it up. I think I so. I mean, Ryan Sieg has always been a very solid driver in the Xfinity series. I mean, he would make the playoffs every single year. He'd always be a top 10 car for that team. So, yeah, I, I'm actually surprised he hadn't had a win already yet. Yeah, and I mean, saying that like somebody is putting together like good years because they made it in the playoffs in the Xfinity series, think about like the way the top 10 usually looks. Like it's usually only like three guys that are like actual viable contenders in the Xfinity series. And like, I think Ryan's always been in like that group of guys where it's like, okay, like he's there, but he's not competing for wins. And I think we're starting to see like Ryan Sieg get to the point, like Jacob said, to where he's going to be contending for wins. Yeah. I mean, Ryan Sieg kind of reminds me a lot of Ross Chastain. <laughs> Ryan Sieg, Brandon Teague, same guy. Yeah. Same dude. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, Ron, Ron's doing a hell of a job. And hell, uh, the, the 38 car, too, the iRacer, man. I don't remember his name. Uh, his name is Parker Retzloff. I hope yeah. that I did not just butcher that. It's cool seeing these iRacers like, show up to the tracks now. Because even uh, uh, Raja Karuth, um, yeah. that kid comes from, I think they, his story was, it was either 2012 or 2014, he talked his parents into taking him to a race. He went to a race, fell in love, started eye racing. He's he's actually like running actively. I think he runs for Rev Racing in a lower series. Um, okay. I think he's had some success there. Clearly enough success to warrant him getting an Xfinity rod. Um, so he finished 24th. Um, he started 22nd, finished 24th. It's not a bad day for a guy being the first time ever out on a track with with some big boys so i mean you can't go home mad and it's not like he was running for jrm or joe gibbs or anything like that um okay yeah number six arca full-time there we go with stats guy um some notable names that struggled uh kyle sieg is not ryan sieg that's for sure um we had sheldon creed and Noah Gragson finished 22nd and 21st. We all know Noah's rotor just fucking exploded on him. Yep. Um, we had Jeremy Clements with a top 20. Uh, we always love to see our homie Steve do well. We had Austin yeah. Hill finish 18th. Um, Ryan Priest, uh, I think a lot of people had better expectations for him. Unfortunately, he only finished 16th. He fell back. I think he had some car issues. Like he just it looked like he fought his car all day because he fell back quick. Yeah. Um, Justin Alliger finished 14th. Uh, <laughs> Brandon Jones 13th. We have Fast Pasta 12th. Jeb Burton finished 11th. Things you absolutely love to see. Jeb Burton having a good day. Um, I lied. Ryan Sieg actually finished ninth. Uh Brandon Brown in eighth. Josh Berry seventh. Daniel Hemrick, sixth after having to start from the back. 
Riley Herbst with a top five, AJ Allmendinger, which is a championship contender, Sam Mayer, uh, Dash for Cash, he got paid hundred thousand dollars. John Hunter, good. John Hunter Nemechek finished second. Ty Gibbs, that boy Ty, uh, got his third win of the season after a pretty controversial finish for Joe Gibbs Racing. Um, where are we at, boys? Coming, coming five to go. These these guys, they're banging back and forth. Looks like we're gonna have a pretty cool JGR finish as per usual at that track. Um, what was it? Ten years apart from the last time the fifty-four and the eighteen finished one and two. Uh, Kirk Denny. Yep. Um, we could have had a finish that was that nice, but we didn't. Um, John moved Ty out the way, didn't move him enough. Ty had enough speed to catch back up, and he went into turn three and four straight. Um, John had no choice but to go straight too. He couldn't turn that well. Um, so where are we at on that finish? I've got no problem with somebody moving a driver out of the way. I want to preface that. Obviously, we saw it last weekend with Ross Chastain and AJ Allmendinger. Uh, that wasn't just moving out of the way. That was a dump and run. That wasn't that wasn't a bump and run. That was a dump and run. Okay, a lot of controversial takes on that one. People were up in arms, or they loved it. It was no in between. Nobody was in the middle ground on that one. Here's my problem with this. Yes, they both moved each other out of the way. I don't have an issue with that. My problem is going midway through the corner, washing up the track and hitting John Hunter and knocking him out and not giving him a chance for that side-by-side finish because that would have been super badass to see those cars come and just drag race it out through the front stretch. But Ty didn't do it, and now Ty wins. And Ty set just kind of owned up to it. I'm hoping that it's not going to turn into an ordeal where it's like, yeah, I moved him out of the way. Like that's kind of like their apology because Ross did that. I'm hoping that Ross didn't start a thing where people are just going to start wrecking people and they're just like, "Yeah, I wrecked him." I hope he did. I hope he did start that thing. I hope we need, yeah, we need. I'm sick and tired of like three second victories. Right? We had enough of those last season. Well, you're telling you're telling yeah since 20 yeah, Jacob, you're telling me that during the end of that race you weren't like like clinched. My butthole was puckered, man. It was two Toyotas in front. I didn't care. <laughs> I, was, I was out. I was checked out. <laughs> uh, the donate button is hopefully coming soon. I've just got to figure out some few more things before I go full tech guy. Don, yay. Donate, Dalton. Oh, do, oh. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. This isn't anything new for Ty. We've seen aggression out of Ty. Um, from his did first he, race, uh, did, Tiger, Arca, the, did that in uh, yeah. KNN. He's, he's that's why, that's why. Um, what's what's the kid's name? Is it uh, Corey Heim? Is that him? Yes, yeah. So they were like bitter rivals in Arca. Oh, they, um, they fucking hated each other, each other. yeah. Um, I, ru- rubbing is racing, and I don't understand like why people are so surprised that Ty's done this when he's done it for almost all of his career. And I also don't understand why everybody's getting so worked up about it, you know, because. They, they, everybody. This is how, how Twitter is. I mean, I, I expected nothing less or nothing better, but they're always complaining about you know, oh, oh these drivers don't uh, what even want to try to win. Uh, they, they, it's not like what it used to be. Like it, we don't have like a Dale Earnhardt. Well, you get that, and then you complain about it. Uh, right, and uh, I mean, so it's teammates, right, going at hey, each other. Hey, 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 I feel you. I feel you. I understand. <laughs> teammates Go going at it. 
Um, it's always going to be a lot cleaner when teammates go at each other versus yeah, two rival competitors and whatnot because it gets squashed at the team meeting on Mondays. Like they're probably they probably went fishing today, right? Um, but what do you want Ty to do? Ty running for the points, running for a championship versus John, who's just virtually auditioning for a ride, right? Oh man, what what impeccable timing! Damn it, what impeccable timing! What impeccable timing. Parv, 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 Hello. parv, parv. I hate you so fucking much, bro. I, I <laughs> what impeccable you. timing. Hey, 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 Jacob. Roush is not back. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Uh, they finished uh, pretty damn well this weekend. Um, so, Parvin, we are currently on the topic of the finish of the Xfinity series. Um, before I get into my big long... Actually, I want you to follow me. Um, Jacob gave his opinion. Of course, he's anti-Ta. Um, me and Dalton are on the same page here. So I'm going to finish my point. You got Ty Gibbs running for a championship. You got John Hunter running to earn a ride. Both guys are going to be racing hard. John should have done better at moving Ty up the track even more. Um, if he was going to be aggressive and move Ty and not get him far enough away to where he wasn't going to have that moment of re or that chance of retaliation – you can't bitch about it, right? And I find it super ironic for John Hunter to say anything sideways about somebody being a little too aggressive coming to the, the checkers, right? Um, Cole Custer tackled his ass for the same exact thing a couple of years ago in the truck series. Um, where was John you know, trying to be the good guy then? Obviously, he's matured, and you can't really hold all of that against him too much, but you cannot be a hypocrite at the same time. Um, what about the fact that John Hunter blocked the hell out of his own teammate at, at Atlanta, right? I oh, mean, where's the issue John there? Hunter, John Hunter's just um, dirty. I, I hate to say it, but Joe Gibbs and anybody aff affiliated with Joe Gibbs are usually the dirtiest sub bitches ever. I hate that Parv has like an entire fan base now. Um, but anyway, that's besides the point. Um, Ty Gibbs did what he had to do. I'm gonna say something. And it's going to Don't. rumble. It's going to Don't. rumble and ruffle some feathers here. Bitch, you're gonna listen, man. Ty Gibbs reminds me of a very thirsty and hungry Dell Earnhardt Sr. That was the worst take that has ever been said on this fucking podcast. Gibbs is out there every single Hold time. up, hold up a second. I want to say rattle wanna... some cages. How how no can way. you hate it? Oh. That was the greatest take that's ever been said on this fucking podcast. Yes! Yes! The boy oh, goes the out there. He dominates. He wins. When he's in second place, he does whatever he has to do to move first place out of his way to win. Did Dale Earnhardt always win because he had the best car? Hell no. Dale Earnhardt won because he was willing to put people into the wall and get them out of his way for that win. And that's what we're seeing out of Ty Gibbs. If Ty Gibbs continues this track throughout his entire career, we are watching the like the blossoming of a beautiful race flower in Ty Gibbs. Uh, I mean, that's just all there is to it. I have no words. I just want to move on. <laughs> I, I want someone to clip that now. So that's going to be the... We had the worst take at the greatest take. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So someone, someone did did the, did the clipping. So I guess you want to get my opinion now. No. Oh, that's spicy. I am yes, one, yes. I am one hundred percent agreeing with Cody here when it comes to how 
He is basically a little bit of a Dell and Hart Dell because I 100% am behind Ty Gibbs with what he did this past weekend. I hate all of you. He is showing he is showing that he doesn't give a damn about teammates. He is showing that he wants to win. And he already has three wins, which in like the sixth or seventh race of the season for the Xfinity Series. He is dominating. Hey. And he is <laughs> showing hey. wonders with how Ty Gibbs is. Okay. And I and God. what what happened was is that the interview Ty Gibbs said, Hey, I owe him one. And Jonathan Nemechek was like, we're not done. So there's maybe there might be tension or who else, but whatnot. But Ty Gibbs is 100% in the right on this. And I will defend him on that. I will defend him on the Silver Spoon debate because I'm sick and tired of people saying that he is, oh, it's because of his granddaddy. He has proven himself last season and he proven himself this season so far. So all of you can shut the fuck up on this silver spoon shift. <laughs> Harf, I'm, that, that I'm proud. That hard. That may, I, 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 I'm sorry, but that hey, did. Hey, Cooper, do you have a fucking take on Are you going to agree with me at least? Am I going to be the only one that doesn't think this? I just want to say that I fucking hate pollen. Pollen has killed my day. I have felt like dog shit all day. So I don't know what the fuck has been said, nor what is happening. So please inform me. Well, let me catch you up. Uh, Cody, about three minutes ago, just said that Ty Gibbs is the new intimidator. Well, hold on. Oh, no. I said. I said. No, that's what was said. That's what was said. That's what was said. God forbid I make a joke and say Austin Dillon's the real three, but you're going to come over here and say he's the new intimidator? Motherfucker. I did not say that. Um... And to quote myself, Ty Gibbs is starting to mimic Dell Earnhardt as far as being out there and being willing to rattle someone's cage for a win. That is saying it without saying it. So yeah, Joe Burrow's the new Kurt Warner too. Yeah, I mean that's that's just not fucking true. Ty Gibbs Joe is running a half a season and not even a fucking quarter this year. He definitely not some intimidator. No, he reminds me of a tic tac. He reminds me of that's a winning tic tac. Three fucking wins already in what five races? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, no, six. They've run all. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say that Ty isn't talented. Ty's definitely talented, but hey, thanks, bro. Pollen's fucking stupid. I think, I I think the general. The general consensus would agree with me, Parv, and Dalton on this one. Ty Gibbs is a force to be reckoned with. The boy's going to be Xfinity champion this year. We're gonna, we'll post it on Twitter later. We'll, we'll have it. We'll have a poll. Bow yeah, down to your new intimidator, bitches. So I actually I did take a poll following the event. <laughs> following the event, I did take a poll um, on the LTC page, and people voted on whether or not Ty Gibbs is a menace to society or not. Um, let me pull up the results real quick. Uh, was Ty in the wrong? We had 45 votes. With 75% of people saying no, Rubbin's racing. Nah, Ty wasn't in the wrong, bro. Exactly. Uh, it's just part of racing shit. I didn't see no wrong. I mean, yeah. 
I'm not going to speak on a Silver Spoon kid, though, because, I mean, that's the shit that, not saying I've been a lifelong Dylan fan, but, like, that's the shit I hear, but that's only been a fucking year of it, so I'm not going to comment on it because, I mean, one of my drivers technically is, so I don't have a say. But. Rubbing is racing? Uh. Oh, sorry, Sorry, Cody. We keep hitting the same button. I'm going to smash my face into the keyboard. What um, happened to Dalton speak? Why is he so quiet? Do you guys hear that? That's why he sounded all up soon. Oh, really? Yep. Uh, following Saturday, we had Sunday. Oh, shit. Cup Series. Um, there's a lot of headlines that we can tear into for the Cup Series. Um, so that Cody is Ware is almost tied with Brad Keselowski in points currently. That is a big headline. Um, I feel like I feel like Dalton and Jacob both are going to get their own segments in this because of this race. Um, I think they both deserved them. I can't. Come on, bro. Come on. What do you need a Austin, segment about? Austin Dillon's got another top ten. Come on. Come on. Oh. Come on. AD, Let me just pat him on the back. AD in an RCR car got a top ten. Hey, he's now, finally he was, coming in. He was. Now, he did come back from like a lap or two down. So, um, I mean, he wrestled it back in there. Um, but starting off, uh, Richmond is Richmond. Uh, before the race, if I would have asked you guys, what do you think about Richmond as a track? What would your one word answer have been? Eh. Who? Eh. Dalton? Before the race. No, not what he used to be without any spaces. Okay. Uh, that's a little bit more than one word, but I'll take it. No, that's that's why I said without the spaces so to make it. Okay, okay. Um, so I think that Richmond is, and in my opinion, always has been like the most boring racetrack out there. Um, this I went to not Richmond. What it used to be I went to Rich. I even thought it was boring back when we were younger too, though. Um, no. I dreaded Richmond, dude. It. it Runs long. There's not a whole lot of cautions at Richmond, which is fine. I love a strategy race, but you have at one point we only had five cars on the lead lap. Like that's not fun for me. Um, that is truly just a taste of old school racing, though. I mean, guys used to win by 13 laps, right? Um, that's just a part of it. But I've just never personally been a fan of Richmond. Um, I went last fall. It's a it's a thousand times better to watch in person than it is on TV, but it's still not the most exciting race, but I will always put Richmond above Texas. Texas is an abomination. Oh, anybody um, would. The first stage, uh, it was pretty chalky, right? I mean, I don't think we saw anybody stand out that we didn't necessarily <laughs> expect to stand out. So what did y'all think about the Joe Gibbs pit strategy? Like the, how they all were on one side and then moved to the other side. Uh, they debuted that in Atlanta, so that's been around. So, it's unique. Fucking, I'll tell you how I fucking feel later on. Well, I mean, so Parv, that's the first time that we got to see this pistra. It's actually the first time we really got to see it used and be efficient because there were no green flag pit stops at Atlanta. And Coda, of course, is just like a different kind of beast. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, seeing the new uh, the new thing being unveiled, it actually proved to be beneficial because Kyle Busch now has the fastest pit stop in NASCAR history for a four-tire stop. Uh, it was a sub-10-second pit stop. That's 
that is quick. Um, Dalton, I know like there's outliers there that you're like mad about, but they yeah, did so, set NASCAR so, history. Some kind of fuckery happened on that uh fast pit stop too. Hey, I mean they not only um not only did they do a sub 10 second four tire stop, but they also placed tape during that stop too. That's I mean you gotta you gotta pat them on the back for that. Uh <laughs> um, but stage one uh goes off without a hitch, nothing surprising, right? Um we saw Blaney dominate again. He led every lap of the first stage, all 70 laps. Uh, this this race was broken up different than normal. Uh, so normally we have a 2020, uh, yeah, 2020 60 split as far as the way the stages go to the laps. Stage one is usually 20%, stage two is 20%, and then the last 60% is stage three, the final stage. Um, but instead we had, what was it, 70, 160, 180? Was that it? Yeah. Um, that was weird. Uh, I don't know if I like that or not. I mean, either way, we were going to see strung out racing at Richmond and I guess they tried to like minimize how much that would be. I don't know. I think it would have been better to just do like, you know, the traditional 2020 60, but, um, stage two, kind of the same thing. I feel like it was again, just like pretty chalky. Great talk. Yeah. Pretty right. much. I mean, more, more church shooting with the stage. I thought you froze for a second. I was yeah, like, I did too. You didn't move, yeah. man. I was like, oh. no, I, that was me like just waiting for somebody to. Oh. Yeah, MTJ won the stage. It's pretty cool. I mean, that's all I think you could really say that was really interesting was. Uh, what stage was it that Suarez almost got absolutely fucking yeeted? Was it stage two? I yeah. about Chris Bell? I can't remember. What about Chris Bell coming up and he like fucking clipped the shit out of Suarez and Suarez saved it decently? I don't remember that. That might have been like because I I drove a little bit during the race and like I had it like mounted on my my dash. But uh, Joey too. We got to talk about Joey. Joey was like a silent killer yesterday. He just came out of nowhere and was I mean hanging up there for a minute. Joey was what? Second, and then he left for a little bit too. And then, um, did he leave? He did. Yeah, um, was it, off the, it was off the green, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then, let's see. Uh, yeah, stage two. Swerve he got stage. Joey got screwed over. What was what was the issue that Joey ran into? Uh, the jack fell off. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't remember what it was specifically. Um, tough luck. Um, I, it's dude, Pinsky's like. Pinsky's pit program needs just a total overhaul. I think well, everybody like Blaney will agree. Too shit. Like Blaney was, what was it, stage two? He complained about the vibration. Yeah, I mean, Blaney's oh, gotten screwed over by his pit crew since 2020. Yep. <laughs> I, um, I don't even I know. I felt that sneeze. That's been all goddamn day. <laughs> it's pain. Pain. Um, yeah. yeah, so Ross boots Blaney all the way up the track to get around him in like meaningless, like portion of the race, too. Um, you can love Ross or you can hate Ross. This is just Ross, right? I, I mean, this is nothing new. I don't think anybody's surprised by this over aggression from Ross Chastain. This is what he's known for. Um, I love Ross Chastain, I love the aggression. I just hope that when push comes to shove. When he climbs out the car, that he doesn't give an angry interview about somebody running him over. That's all I want. I want him to get booted one time 
and I want him to climb out the car and be like, yeah, he got me back. That's when I hear that, that is when I will fully convince myself that Ross is just like the perfect racer. Yeah. When I was, when I watched Ross get into Blaney, I was like, Oh shit. And the reason I said that is because Blaney has been getting run over a lot recently. And I really wanted to see Blaney just go back and give him a nudge. And he did. He did. And it impressed me. So hopefully we're seeing a new edge of Blaney where maybe he ain't going to take as much shit. I think that's what he needs, too. I mean, for him to like. I just want to get this over with. Here you go, Parv. I've got it on. There you go. Shout out the Melon Man. Um, I still haven't gotten my Melon Man gear yet. Me or Jacob, neither one. Um, I might. I might wrap a little Melon Man at Bristol Dirt. I don't know. We'll see. You can um, wear this hat. I don't want it. <laughs> you, don't, you don't want it anymore? I didn't Dude. want it from day one. Ross Chastain is a hell of a driver. He's a stud. And like I said, all I want is for him to get wrecked and come out and say that he deserved it. That's all I want. I think he would. He'd be the type that'd be like, I yep. hope he does. But yep, there's I a lot that. of guys. Um, Kyle Busch is one of them. He'll, he'll put somebody up in the wall. But the moment they get him back next week, he'll be like, if you're going to drive like that, you just shouldn't be out here. And it's just Blaney too. Blaney's kind of gotten that way. Blaney is never. He's not really... aggressive, but you know what I mean, though. Like he, he gets a little pissy. That's if you are not aggressive, I think you have the right to be pissy if you get ran over. Um, yeah, if I you mean, are shit, aggressive, if you're aggressive, you do not have a right to be pissy afterwards. Um, do you think Ross is aggressive then? Ross is overly aggressive. Yeah, he's calmed down, and that's why you're seeing this this success out of him now. He's racing yeah. the same way he used to race, the way he's always raced. But he used to race this way in a car that would have been, you know, racing with Cody Ware. Um, yep. So now he's up front and he's getting to boot around these big guys. So and we're just seeing Ross Chastain for you know who he actually is, which is what happened yesterday to him. I think he he was just fighting a, a not great car. And I, I mean, there and then breaking news the Kansas Jayhawks are your uh 2022 national champions. Good I thing I didn't it. bet. Fuck, I was gonna throw some good money on UNC. Fuck. Nope, nope, I was not. That's why I did not bet. Um, shout out Kansas for that comeback. I almost jinxed them. Um, uh, Jared, bet Jared's happy now. I know, yeah, maybe Jared will join us now. Uh, but anyway, um, when they were talking about Brad and that damn tape placement on a steering wheel yesterday. They ever like elaborate on that? Kind of say what the hell that was about? I think that was just for him, him to run certain lines at the angle he needed to turn the wheel. Because yeah. they uh, were saying that, but then they were saying like him exiting pit. and then He, he was using the driving line IRL. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was using the fucking assisted turning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. So... Who wants to go first? I feel like Dalton had the worst day. So Dalton have at it. All right. So, boys, it's been over 24 hours since uh, everything that went down yesterday. And I'm still flabbergasted after all the shit that happened yesterday with the 18 team. So I kind of had to take a couple hours to uh, gather my thoughts, uh, gather all the information, uh, look at tweets, look at articles, uh, figure out everything. And uh, so here's just what I gathered. So uh, like we talked about earlier, Kyle's crew recorded the fastest pit stop in NASCAR history. Uh, I mean, which is awesome. Congratulations. But um, 
I can't be happy about it because uh, he did a little something on that pit stop. Um, somebody decided to put a uh, piece of tape over the grill when they were supposed to put it over the uh, the brake duct. Now, I had no idea that this was a rule this year. Um, I completely forgot about it. So when Kyle got penalized, I was kind of more confused than mad uh, because I was like, wait, when did this become a rule? Like, are people really not allowed to do it anymore? Um, but I mean, I'm, I'm not mad about the rule. I mean, it is what it is. That's fine. Uh, and apparently it actually makes the car worse. So I guess that explains why we couldn't pass anybody yesterday after that adjustment. So, uh, yeah, that, indeed. So, so what happened was, is, uh, what they were supposed to do was put it over the brake duct because Kyle was having a problem with the, uh, the brake shake and they wanted to put a piece of tape over the brake duct to, um, to eliminate that. Uh, but about five inches off uh, on that placement, way off. But, uh, and again, uh, you get penalized for it this year, but uh, there was no penalty from it. Uh, so they decided not to fix it um, and just keep running. But then you get penalized 200 laps later out of nowhere. Um, I don't understand why it takes NASCAR that long to review a pit stop especially with this uh, electronic pit system that we have or, or that we've had for what, six to eight years now where they have a camera on each pit stall. Uh, they see literally everything that you're doing um, and they can call you right away. I don't know why it took them over 200 laps to review, um, review that pit stop and call the penalty. Uh, so, I mean, it's NASCAR officiating. I'm not surprised. Uh, they've, been pretty bad with calls, uh, especially in cautions. I mean, they don't even know what a caution is. Um, but, this right, but this right here was a new low uh, for waiting 200 laps to penalize somebody for a piece of tape over the grill when a lot of people could see it. And uh, now, another person I'd like to blame is just... Uh, <laughs> another person I'd like to just shit on real quick. <laughs> God, did Dakota <laughs> hack this chat? <laughs> Shit. Um, wait a minute. Oh my God, I just see the ticker. Holy shit. <laughs> Shout out to whoever did that. Now, um, yeah, you guys know how I feel about Ben Bashor. I've, I've hated the fucker since day one. Uh, Good God, man. Yeah, Pocono 2017. I still can't get over that. Uh, for those of you who don't know, that was when... Adam Stevens first got suspended for the loose wheel at Dover. Uh, ben Bayshore had to take over. Um, Kyle dominated that race. And uh, on the last pit stop, decided to stay out when everybody behind him uh, came to pit road. And, uh, of course, Blaney. Uh, what was Kyle's reaction to that? Reaction to what? Being uh, the only guy to stay out. Um. He probably said GFD like I did at the, at the Daytona 500. I mean, I didn't know if, like, you knew, like, if he was pleased or, like, if he was, like, a part of that decision. Oh, I, I honestly don't know. But, but of course, uh, Ryan Blaney uh, blew his fucking doors off. I knew that was going to happen, um, that race. So, after that, I said, I hope Ben Bayshore <laughs> never crew chiefs for Kyle ever again. Uh, <laughs> par, fuck you. Can't y'all just let me talk? Uh <laughs> So, so let me finish here. Um, what I'm trying to say is um, I've hated Ben Bayshore's guts uh, since day one. And um, he's just 
not the right crew chief for Kyle. I just feel like he's very lazy, um, doesn't do anything. Every time Kyle needs an adjustment, he explains to him, you know, what's wrong with the car, what needs to be fixed. He just sits there and says, okay, 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 okay. Like, like he just doesn't care. Um, doesn't even try to make adjustments. Doesn't even try to make the car better. Um, instead of making the car better yesterday, he made it worse. Uh, like I said, that's why we couldn't pass anybody. Um, so my problem with my, I, I mean, NASCAR officiating was a huge problem. My other problem is if you're a crew chief for the NASCAR cup series, you should know what you can and cannot do, uh, to these race cars. And, uh, <laughs> Parv, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> so, <laughs> fuck all y'all. Now, what I'm trying to say is, is that you should know, like, as a NASCAR Cup Series crew chief, what you can and cannot do to these race cars. Another problem I have is that they knew Cooper. God damn you. Um, so, yeah, fuck. Now you maybe forget what I said. Fuck all y'all. Son of a bitch. <laughs> um. Oh, oh yeah. You're so, saying something about Bimbe Shore. <laughs> well, yeah, I always do. So, my pro- another problem I have is, is they know that it was illegal to do that. Uh, they knew they were going to get penalized for it. Um, and they just don't do anything about it. I don't understand why we didn't wait until the next pick stop uh, to take it off uh, because I feel like you were going to get penalized at some point. I feel like if they would have never gave Kyle the black flag, I seriously feel like he could have got disqualified on a post-race. They would have found that in post-race when they pulled the cars over. Disqualification, you lose all the points that you gain, um, and you're in a much bigger hole uh, than you already are early, this early in the season What when there's so many different winners already uh, locked into the playoffs. So... <laughs> I don't know. Um, just another week of getting fucked by our crew. Um, can't wait to go to Martinsville next week and uh, see how we get fucked again. Um, yeah, that's all I got to say. Just tired of it. Fuck Ben Bayshore. Fuck his dog. Hope he never comes home. Hope he wind up alone. I just want to say I've never heard anyone that pissed off about a ninth place finish. <laughs> well, it could have been a fucking top three. You know what I'm saying? Nah. A lot more important. You gotta be good. You gotta be good to finish. He said could have been. He said it could have been a top three. You know what I'm saying? Junior, <laughs> junior. I didn't oh, look yeah. at the comments. Nah, he got the green one out. <laughs> God. Um, yeah. Cody, yeah, you're I, muted. I yeah. Your, so shoes. last week, Cooper, we uh we questioned what that red M M&M and M behind Dalton has lived through. I'd hate to fucking know. <laughs> it's right next to his goddamn shower, too. So Even, even his dad played along, too. <laughs> yeah, his dad was like, excellent question, boys. <laughs> Shout out, Is there Papa another one? Good. What's on? Oh, it's hats on the bed. I thought there was um, a yellow one laying there. So one of our one of our guys had a bad day. One of our guys had a better day. Listen. I'm I'm gonna keep this short and simple. Roush is coming back. Roush is back, baby. All right. I've been coming. saying this shit all year coming. long. No one wants to listen to me. 
Uh, Brad K ran pretty decent. Like all jokes aside, he ran pretty pretty well. Uh, what? More, yeah, Brad K was in the top ten for most of the race, and Chris Busher was following his lead pretty well. It was the it was Purple Rain. Um, Where's part, his hat? Has this guy got his hat yet? Not yet. No. Um, God damn. Uh, now he uh, left the damn dirt race six hours before it was over. At <laughs> stake, man. What can I say? Um, Roush is back. I, I mean, I've been saying it. Um, proofs in the pudding. That's all I gotta say. Hey, Cody. Hey, hey, Parv. <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, uh, I, uh, so- I just, I just tuned that out while while, while was happening. He said something about uh, pudding. Um, uh, is the pudding being 31st in points? Oh, oh, no, no. Wait till next week, my friend. Wait till next week. Yeah, I hope we're about to. Next week. Yeah, next week. We'll, we'll talk about 30th. it here in a minute. We'll talk about it here in a minute. So, yeah, real we're quick. We're going to see Joey or Denny win. That's what we're going to so see. So, let's run down through the top 10 um, finishing order. We had Austin Dillon in 10th place. Started 25th. We had Kyle Busch, ninth, started third. Should have been a we had, three. Fuck you, Ben. We had Alex Bowman, who started 28th, finishing eighth. We had Ryan Blaney start on the pole, finish seventh. Chris Bell start nine, finish sixth. Kyle Larson, who has struggled so far this season. He, uh, he, looked, like he, was, he, he looked like he was going to be struggling yeah, he, he stayed outside of the top 10 most of the day. Pit strategy worked out in his favor, so he finished top five. We had the the guy that most everybody subconsciously knew was going to win, Martin Shrex Jr., finished fourth. William Byron on a spicy pit strategy almost won. Almost did it. Yeah. Um, crazy. I mean, this is like old school racing. We saw a guy who didn't necessarily dominate the race make a good call. And, you know, put himself in contention to win. Unfortunately, his tires didn't last. With 36 laps to go, our top two was one lap down. We have Kevin Harvick in second, Denny Hamlin taking home his first win of the year. Um, First off, these are two guys that people have been saying is washed, right? We were six races in, five races in technically. But we're, we're already saying that that Harvick and Denny are washed. Um, I don't know where that's coming from. Kevin Harvick literally won nine races two years ago. Uh, clearly, all of Ford, uh, specifically Stuart Haas, struggled last year. Um, and, I mean, this season, he's starting to string together some good wins. Stuart Haas already has a win in Chase Briscoe. Um, Denny Hamlin is Denny Hamlin. If you thought for a second that Denny Hamlin wasn't going to win this season, you're an idiot. I would um, just like to say I was right. Put me on the board, boys. Jacob called so why it. Why the fuck did Eric Amarola not not help Co- out Co- Kevin Co- here? Why did he check up? That's my question. That Fucking so Cooper, game. that's actually something that I fully agree with. Um he just moved and I'm like Okay. He moved he into Harvick's way. Yeah, he moved into Harvick's fucking bacon bitch. Um get your old goddamn US Air Force fucking 43 car in the goddamn way, bro. <laughs> fuck ass. <laughs> fuck you, Eric Emerald. <laughs> not bacon, man. Um, Cody, Summer, that is a statistically accurate statement. Cody, it's, it's sad to say this, but our streak 
Our, our, our streak is still alive, brother. I mean, we're still the prediction kings right now. Yeah. And we listen, still... that Jacob still Jacob has two more to catch up to us. Yeah. Dalton and Coop have three more to catch up to us. I don't see us slowing down, yeah, fellow, think, yeah. fellow prediction king. I'm yeah, coming we're, for we're, that ass. We're, we're glorious. We are. Yeah. yeah, we will all prosper. Yeah. Hey, well, Jacob, shout out that tweet. <laughs> yeah. um, um, but I ben, think just like my driver, just like my driver, Ben Bayshore is keeping me out of the win column. He he is indeed. Um, you know, though, I think um, I think William Byron and for the first time ever, I'm going to say Rudy Fugel, like he deserves some credit here. I've always thought that Rudy was just a shit crew chief. Personally, um, his attitude is terrible. Um, he's probably the most negative guy on the box every single week. And if you don't believe me, just listen to him. Um, it's not as bad as Ben Bayshore. As far as negativity goes, I guarantee you he is. At least Ben like listens to his driver. But oh, the Rudy, fuck he does. It. He's like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm well, good. Yeah, I mean, if Kyle says it's steering wrong, I need y'all to fix it. And if he says okay, then he's listening to him. Rudy would be oh, like, I... Rudy would be like, well, William, I set this up for you. And if you don't know how to drive it, I don't know what to tell you. That's that's like Rudy's method of crew chiefing. Um, exactly. If you believe that, you're a fool. Yeah, um, fire, fire everybody. I hope Kyle Busch wins the fucking championship this year so that way Dalton's flipping his shit. He's like, oh, my God, Ben. Like <laughs> Everything everything I said about Ben. Ben brought it home. Wrong. Yay. We have two championships. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're right, but I still fucking hate him. <laughs> um. But regardless, uh, William Byron joke, deserves... He had two championships if he wins this year. Yeah, I, I recognize that. Because <laughs> 2015 doesn't count. Um, it, <clears throat> anyway. Um, uh, bitch, don't even give a start on that. Shout out, William Byron. Um, you know, the way the season's gone for Hendrick, um, it's interesting that... Bowman and Byron have been the two guys that are like the most consistent, in my opinion. Um, obviously, that's not a dig at the reigning champion or last or the year before last reigning champion. Chase is struggling. Um, that's just all there is to it. And Larson is too. Um, I think that these are guys who are used to driving a certain style of car and like they've got a lot more to handle now. Um, I'm more surprised with Kyle Larson struggling than I am Chase struggling because Kyle comes from a much more diverse background in racing, um, dirt racing. Uh, a lot of the dirt guys are doing well, like a lot of people expected they would. I mean, Chris Bell is putting together a heck of a season so far. Um, I think Chris Bell gets a lot of flack. Stuart Friesen. What about him? He's doing really well this season, too. He is. Um, the dirt guys that you're talking about. I'm just. Yeah, I mean, the dirt guys, and I think it's been a trend, right? Like dirt drivers, which I mean, historically speaking, you know, you could make the same argument, but I would say from like the mid two thousands on up until like the mid 2010s, like dirt guys didn't like transfer to the same type of success. But now we're starting to see it again where these dirt guys are like starting to come back into the sport and like be like miles and leaps ahead of these other guys who have only ran on asphalt. Um, they can just handle, you know, cars in, in worse situations than a traditional asphalt driver. Um, they're used to having to fight a car. Uh, I mean, speaking from experience on iRacing, running on dirt with like an actual like steering wheel, literally impossible. Like, I don't know how anybody can go faster than like three miles per hour on dirt. Makes no sense to me. And it's not for a lack of trying. 
I've spent hours on Bristol dirt and different types of cars trying to like comprehend how to do it. And dude, I end up like in, in the wall right under the flag tower every single time. Um, it's just, it's a different breed of racer. Uh, Alex Bowman's starting to piece together a pretty good season too. Um, but well, on the topic of Hendrick in itself, I think William Byron is starting to look at like the guy of this season for Hendrick. I've been saying that for a long time now that William Byron was going to be the face. So I agree. Yeah. I mean, you, you said it at the start of the season and I thought you were like an idiot for it. Cause we, we talked about like who was going to be Hendrick's guy. And you said that, that Willie B was the number one guy at Hendrick. And I was like, okay, like that's a, I don't hate it, but it, it, that's a pipe dream. And look at it now. Look at it now. Yeah, I mean, he's already got a win on the season. He was competing for another one to, uh, yesterday. Um, but let's talk about the pit strategy a little bit. Um, I I freaking love, and th- this was the redeeming quality for me of the race, because I hated the race, to be honest with you. Um, I didn't have fun watching it the way I normally do, which is unfortunate. But I think that the ending of that race, it playing out organically and naturally, um, I think that that my, my monitor just went black. Oh, I don't know what's happening right now. Oh, Can you still you, hear me? I can still see you. You just, get, you just got booted at victory lane. Oh no. You got the DQ. <laughs> oh no. I've been, I've been exposed. Um, <laughs> Cody failed pre- post-race inspection. Yeah, I did. Uh, really? I, I promise Corey? I'm in Richmond. Okay. I promise I'm in Richmond, but anyway, that's besides the point. Um, what I was saying, I was bored throughout the race for the majority of it. That's not me saying that I want a bunch of cautions and, and double file restarts every 20 laps. I hate that too. Um, it's just, I've always, I have a predisposed hatred of Richmond. Um, if you know me and you know, like my stance on NASCAR, you know that I'm like, that's nothing new for me. Um, but I do think that the ending salvaged the race. Yeah, I agree with that. I I think that the pit strategy made it, like you said earlier, uh, people have been wanting old school racing back for a while, and I think that was that was probably as close as we'll ever get uh, as far as wanting to see that. But um, I'm just the same way about Richmond. I've just never been excited about uh, Richmond all that much, so. I'm glad to be uh I'm glad to move on to Martinsville. I'm glad to be back at the paperclip. Is anybody ever mad other than Matt Kenseth or Joey Logano about going to Martinsville? <laughs> Probably not. Uh anybody got any thoughts on the race? Uh just race is not what it used to be anymore. It's unfortunate, but it wasn't really terrible. Um, like, like I said, really the strategies made that race great. Um, it is very interesting to see. I'm kind of curious to see what it would be like without stage racing just for one race. Uh, of course I know it's never going to happen, but, but I don't know. Um, I just, I just missed the old COT Richmond days when it was at night. That's back when it was really good. I just feel like ever since we went to the gen six is when Richmond started to fall off. Well, I mean, last, last falls Richmond race was in the nighttime. Uh well 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 true but what but um actually I feel like what really made that race boring is just um I remember listening to Dorbert McClear you know last week before the Richmond race and they were talking about how the corner speeds were going to be a lot faster and uh, what we learned from the 2019 pack is that when the corner speeds are high 
um, it's not going to make good racing at all. Uh, it's going to make it a lot harder to pass. It kind of looked hard to pass, uh, but really uh, the tire fall off is how people were passing each other uh, really on your own, like on the same tires. You just couldn't do it. Coop? I thought it was fucking boring. I didn't really care for anything, so it was so, what it was. I just kind of like dicked around, watched. I give it like a four. It was by far the worst race of the year, I thought. I think the last, like I said, I think the last 10 laps like boosted it and made it so much better than what it was as an entire race. I was more confused by it. Why? I'm just I'm absolutely dumbfounded by that fucking ten car. I'm just I just don't understand. <laughs> I just don't fucking get it like at all. See, when I saw that that Eric Almarola was up there, I was like, man, Kevin's about to do it. Like he's about to snap the the winless streak. I figured like Eric's been on some shit this year, and I was like, okay, Eric's actually gonna pull a little fucking move here, and he's like, all right, all right, Big Dad, go ahead, go on, get him. No, nope. something. Yeah, he's like, nah, fuck you, I'm boss also- you instead, bitch. In all fairness, that's a testament to Eric's entire career. He is just not a dirty guy. fucking ditzy as shit. <laughs> He's like that fucking girl in class that twirl her hair and she's like... No, it, that's just... Honestly, if he would have blocked, I would have been more surprised and like... I think I would have talked more about Eric blocking than Harvick winning. Um, that would have been more surprising. Fucking, like steel set of testicles if he would have done that shit. But that's just, that's not been Eric's entire career. He has always been, like, the cleanest guy out there consistently. I mean, been, it's your last fucking season. Make a goddamn statement. Do something. He's loved, though. I mean, Eric is literally one of the most popular drivers out there. Why? He's so like, I mean, he is hard to dislike. If I, if I walk to a track and there's a fucking 10-car fan that's standing around, he'd be the only fucking guy over at the goddamn bathroom. Absolutely It'd be one of them. not. Absolutely. It'd be like me and Daytona wearing my I Dallas. see. I was the only motherfucker there. There'd no. be one goddamn 10. That is there. entirely false. I see so many Eric Amarola fans at the track. It is insane. I've not, I've not seen one. Dude, I literally see them every time I go in bulk. Um, I would I say he is. Motherfucker out. I'll see is, 10 car next year when Ryan Priest is there. That'd be cool. Top, yeah. top 10 drivers as far as like fans showing up to the track. Eric Amarola is in the top 10. Every single race I've ever been to. Um, and, I mean, there's Please a reason why he's still in that Bristol. car. I, dude, I will. I've got, I've got like crazy. Um, I'm going to fucking laugh at him. So, coming from the guy who literally wore Love's gear. Straight up. I got. I want to get laughed at, too. Um, yeah, see, so, I put out another poll uh, like as soon as the race ended. And it was Richmond was blank. I asked people to leave out their driver bias. And answer. So the three options were exciting, entire race, mediocre, finish, saved it, and boring, no saving it. So with 17% of the vote was boring. So boring comes in third. Exciting entire race had 29%. Mediocre and the finish saved it was 54% of the vote. A very large majority there. Um, and I think that that like mimics everybody's reaction to the entire race. Like the race itself was like, eh, but the ending made it way more exciting. And we see Denny Hamlin go on and lock himself into the playoffs. Denny Hamlin didn't lock himself into the playoffs at all last year. He was a driver that went in on points because he went winless all the way up to Darlington. 
So, I mean, we might start seeing a little bit more domination out of Denny. Uh, is anybody surprised that JGR swept the Richmond weekend? Because I'm not. I mean, they they had they had to this weekend. Um, that was actually the biggest test for Joe Racing and Toya this weekend because Richmond is obviously the playground. Uh, if they were to go out and perform like they did at Phoenix, then something was seriously wrong. But luckily, all the JGR and Toyota fans don't have to hit the panic button like I thought was going to happen. But they, they all showed up today. Even Christopher Bell did, too. Um, every Toyota ran fairly decent, except for 2311. Um, let's let's throw 2311 in the trash. Well, Kurt, Kurt, if he didn't have that fuel pickup problem, he could have. I feel like he could have been up there. But that's the issue, though, right? Like, we got practice now. Like, we should not have – and I know it's going to happen. I mean, obviously, I'm over-exaggerating here. But we should not have, like – machine like equipment failure in in the race itself when we have practice beforehand well um, but it's but it's not enough time though and you can't really do 2311 much. has done nothing other than bubba finishing second at daytona which if you don't expect bubba to have a top five at a super speedway you're an idiot um 2311 kurt has uh, i think three top tens on the year right and one top he's, five he's I feel like he has two top fives. Either way, they come in the last six laps of the race. Um, twenty three eleven is struggling as a whole, and twenty three eleven looks worse this season than they did last season. Um, like it's starting to just be like painful to watch. Bubba is consistently twenty fourth, and Kurt is staying around like twenty second. Um, and then they'll alternate back and forth a little bit, but it, something's got to give. Um, Cody. I. Go ahead. Well, let, well, let me ask you this: Do you think twenty three XI needs more time? I think that being a satellite Joe Gibbs team, no. If they were a total startup and they didn't have Joe, if they weren't under the JGR umbrella, absolutely. But I feel like Denny Hamlin had enough uh, networking around him. Michael Jordan sure as hell has enough money to put into the program. Um, sponsorship is incredible. I mean, we're talking monster DoorDash, McDonald's. Um, I mean, incredible sponsorship. They're not struggling for money. Um, I just don't know what the hell is going on. Bubba is clearly a good driver. Kurt Busch has proven himself as a driver. You can't even debate if Kurt Busch is talented or not. Um, I feel like Kurt Busch is in the same position he was in the 41 right now. Um, it's just he's out there and he's looking like a total idiot, as is Bubba. Um, I know that booty, uh, got hit from last week's, uh, will issue. Um, I called that Bubba had a loose wheel coming off a of pit road on Sunday. I knew that that wheel was loose. You could see it flopping back and forth. Guess what? Two laps later coming back in. Um, Dalton, I'm going to steal your line here. Fire everybody in 2311 and let's just restart. Cause it's you not, how working. I feel. You know how I feel. It's, just, it's not working at all. Um, yeah. Week mean, in and week out. It's literally, like, painful. Like, I'm staying mad. And, 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 and yeah, like, one one thing I, I forgot to say back in my rant was, you know, I mean, I get pick members make mistakes, but if you ignore it, there's absolutely no excuse. And, and But this time in 23XI's uh, uh, circumstance, you know, they just keep having it over and over. Like, they're not learning from it at all. No, no. And you can hear the frustration. If you listen to Bubba's scanner throughout the race, um, I pay for on the NASCAR app. It's $4.99 a month. 
and you get like free scanner access. It's a no brainer. Um, so I'll like play through and like Bubba is so fucking silent on the radio. And when he talks, you can tell he's pissed off. And I don't blame him. Dude, I would literally like I would break shit in the car like constantly. Like if I'm sitting back there, I know that my team is underperforming and I'm running 25th and I'm racing with fucking Chris Busher every day. Um, sorry, Jacob. I, that's not a jab. It's just in theory, 2311 should be a top 15 car. Yeah, both of them, right? But he's back there racing with Justin Haley. I'll use Justin Haley as a better example because Busher's been top 20. Um you're racing with colleague who half their money they're throwing at Xfinity, half their money is going into the cup. Dude, I'm punching that fucking like radio. Like I'm shattering my dashboard. I know for a fact. Um, like I'm taking my steering wheel off, throwing it out the car and just like full throttling into the fucking wall. Um, well, Cody, I do want to say this though. I feel like before, um, before Phoenix, I feel like, Bubba was a lot quick, a little bit quicker than he was last year. Um, California was actually a good example. He was um, making his way into the top 10, uh, but got caught up in a wreck that was completely out of control. Um, I feel like he, he has been a lot quicker this year. It's just, um, it's kind of like Kyle Busch this year, you know, just things out of his control and kind of taking him out of uh, good finishes. Right. And that's, that's, what's frustrating to me. Like I haven't sold Bubba off yet. You gotta get my my backer out. Um, but <laughs> Bubba has so many haters, right? So many people are always gonna nitpick and like point out every flaw in Bubba's moves. That's going to eventually like snowball into higher ups being like, "Well, yeah, that's true." When you go back, if you watch Bubba's documentary that's on Netflix, Denny specifically says it like he's not cutting Bubba any slack. He sees potential in Bubba. But also, when somebody sees potential in you, I mean, what? how much time are they going to give you, even if it's not necessarily your fault? Yeah. <clears throat> no, for sure. I mean, 2311's got to get something done soon, uh, especially with this next-gen car. They need to be performing. So I totally agree with that. I mean, I did say – Bubba to Roush. Like... <laughs> Roush is not, not again. I, I did say – Bubba to Roush. Uh, no, that that about killed Bubba's career. As a matter of fact, um, what I was gonna say was when Change. twenty when twenty three XI, you know, first became established. Why do you keep this, why do you keep saying that? Why? What? Twenty three XI. Just say. <laughs> I can say whatever I want, bitch. Fuck off. Uh, <laughs> All so, right, I'll go eat shit. <laughs> yeah. So what I was saying was, uh, when twenty three XI was established. Um, I said I wanted to give that team three years to develop because I mean, last year for uh first year as a new team, you got to get shit figured out. Next year or this year too, because of the next gen car, and then I think next year is the year where you really have to show me something. I mean, so. that's fair. I mean, I don't know that Kurt will stick around for another year necessarily. I think, I think he's gone after this year. Yeah, I mean, I'd say his career's probably done, like, as a whole, uh, until we see Bush Brothers racing, but we'll save that one for a different day. Um, I guess it's time. Uh, we're going to the paperclip. We got all three series running, Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday night. I keep forgetting there's a truck race on Thursday night. So, unfortunately, I got to bounce a bit early, but I'm going to give all three of my picks, and I'm going to let you guys give me shit. 
uh, in the trucks. I've got a special one. Uh, Tyler Ankrum is going to take home the victory at Martinsville. Uh, it's going to be somebody that we had not seen in victory lane yet. Xfinity, I'm going with Junior, Josh Berry. I think that's a pretty good pick for Martinsville. Uh, Cup underdog, I want you guys to watch out for Corey LaJoy. He's going to run a hell of a race. The winner of Martinsville is going to be none other than that number 43 car of Eric Jones. I really hate your leaving. I, w- I can't want you to stick around for my pick for Cup. I don't. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. You want me to go ahead? Seriously? Yeah, go ahead. I want to hear it. Well, I All want right. I want Cody to say what he's going to say. I don't hate the uh, the Eric Jones pick at all. I don't hate any of your picks, actually, but I think the Tyler one's a terrible pick. It's going to happen. All right. Uh, before Jacob leaves, uh, I want to let's go ahead and get my picks out the way. I won't waste time. Uh, truck series. Um, Cobus is running, so I'm going to pick him for that. Uh, Xfinity. I'm going to go with Ty Gibbs once again. Now for the Cup Series. Uh, for underdog, I will go ahead and say um, I actually want to do Chris Buescher uh, for underdog. Now for my main pick. So Jacob went out on a limb this past week with Denny Hamlin. I'm going to do the same this week. This guy may not be performing all that great this year, um, but he's pretty damn good at this track if you think about it. Uh, before last year, he uh, did not finish uh, outside the top ten. Cody, until, prepare to play the video. Until, until Kyle fucked him out of uh, – I will admit, Kyle kind of fucked him out of a top ten finish in the spring race last year. I'm picking Brad Keselowski. Play it. Just play the fucking video. Just please play it. You can't play, play it. it during the picks. You can't play it during the picks. This is oh. the safe space. My man. I guess then we should all just go in and give our picks then because it'll yeah. be awkward. Uh, Coop, go. Truck, Kyle Bush. Infinity. I'm going to say he's going to get it again. My big daddy, Noah Gregson's going to win. Underdog Cup. Ain't no shit talk. 23-11. They're coming. Bubba Wallace. Main pick. Back to back. I'm going to throw it here, too. Bristol Dirt, too. Your winner, that beautiful 22, Joey Logano. Um, so, Trucks, it, part of, yeah, I'll go first, and then you can close us out. Um, Trucks, this one's interesting. Um, and like, it's really a lot of guys race here. Um, but... I think that you're going to see somebody who is kind of a roughneck go out there and beat and bang their way to a win. I can't believe I'm doing it. I think that Matthew Benedetto is going to get her done at Martinsville. You don't need a lot of speed. You just got to be able to get up there and move around and beat and bang. I'm telling you, I feel really good about Matt E.D. <laughs> this is the safe space. We don't play videos during picks. <laughs> um, laugh all you want. I mean, he's running that truck better than anybody else has ever ran that truck before. Martinsville is not an equipment-based track whatsoever. Um, hence, Jacob's Corey LaJoy underdog pick, right? 
Um, now Xfinity Series. Dale Jr. I mean, there's nobody else to pick. Jr. under the lots of the paperclip. It's poetic justice. Um, now for the cup, uh, underdog. Um, it's hard to even have an underdog, you know? Um, but if I'm going to give an underdog, it's going to be a crazy one. Uh, battled back from a shitty day at Richmond for a top 10. Austin Dillon is an underdog. Uh, cup winner. This one's rough. I've thought about it literally for like two weeks now. Like, who's going to be that guy? Um, there's a lot of people that are high on my list that I'll like definitely put money on. Um, but I think that Roman Blaney's finally going to get it done. I think that Martinsville is going to be his track. Um, we're starting to see uh, shades of Blaney becoming more rugged and not being the pushover anymore. Martinsville is a track where you can't be a pushover. So I think that Ryan Blaney is going to bring her home. I love you. All right, Parv, let's hear your shitty takes. <laughs> uh, I have a good takes this year, mind you, so shut up. <laughs> so, Shark Series, it's Cobbush, whatever. Xfinity Series, uh, I want to I agree with Cooper. Noah Gragson's going to go into victory lane at Martinsville. Or Cup Underdog, this man's hungry. This man's wanting a hot and ready pizza and a W. But the underdog's gonna be Christopher Bell. <laughs> what the hell did that have to do with pizza? <laughs> He's hungry. He's hungry. Why, why little seizures? Why, why, not why, ready. Because <laughs> it's quick and easy. The, the cup main pick, though. I mean, the, the track is named after this guy, Martin Tricks Jr. He's gonna get that dub this Sunday, Saturday. Saturday, not Sunday, Saturday. I said Saturday. MTJ, victory, pizza, pizza, pizza. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Um, so that concludes this week's episode. Uh, we gave our Hall of Fame ballot picks. We talked about the Xfinity and Tobby in the next Dell, and we talked about Denny knowing how to pit and Eric not blocking for his team. Uh, you heard our picks for Martinsville. Um, next week we might be able to do the episode on Sunday, right? Um, yeah, we can. We, we can. got a Saturday night race. We could sleep on it and come back Sunday and, and talk about it. Um, but until then, it's been LTC. We are located in Eastern Tennessee. It's me, Cody, your host with the most. Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm Dalton Good, a.k.a. Dalton Reddy Bush, pissed off Kyle Bush fan. Uh, quick announcement, uh, Dalton Good's Rider Reactions is back this Saturday. For the Martinsville Night Race, so tune in to that. Uh, see how uh, we get fucked out of this week's race. Should be a fun one. I'm JKL. I am Matthew Parvin, leader of the Hashtag Parv Gang, and that's Cube Daddy because he's currently dealing with allergies. I hate pollen. Same. Hey, thanks. Uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for hanging out. Um, now let's let's go out with our intro song.